Empire. Neil back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. And please welcome our good friend from the Believe in Wizards podcast, Bullets Forever contributor and Wizards insider, Matt Moderno. What's up, boys? Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks, How's, man. Uh, how are things with you? Doing all right since the last time we talked? We have basketball since the last time we talked, so everything is right in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. Well, for the Wizards, it's a different story, but at least they're playing. We'll take it. I guess. <laughs> We'll get into that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you can catch Matt and former Wizard Larry Hughes every Thursday. You know, Matt, you've had some huge guests so far. You can run through those so people can go back and listen to them. Yeah, we, we've had a couple since the last time we talked. Gilbert Arenas is the big one. Um, that was a surreal experience for, you know, like 13-year-old me. I mean, he oh, yeah. just, uh, that's a guy that probably would have talked basketball for like five hours by himself. I, he probably right. does that every day. Like, he hosts a podcast, but I think he maybe just solo talks about basketball for half the day. The voices in his head probably were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um well, let me get through this real quick. We have an Instagram page, Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. We're also on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod. We also have a Facebook group, so search groups and type in our name, Beltway Sports Bros. Also, check out EmpireMedia.com for all of the network's podcasts. And one last thing, please subscribe or follow and also download the episodes. Depending on what podcast app you use, it's 100% free. All subscribing does is download the newest episode automatically, so you don't have to search for it. Easy as that. All right. So a little later in the show, Matt's going to join us for our top five most hated wizards list. Good luck, you know, Matt. I was born for this, boy. Let's see if you can keep up, son. I'm ready. Yeah, well, let's, hope, hopefully you're going to be able to keep your press pass. Yeah, this. yeah. No, we're gonna, hopefully it's still valid. Yeah. I, I pick names that no one cares about just for yeah. that reason. Don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> Smart move. But to start, as we talked about, the preseason's over and the NBA season is finally underway. The Wizards are starting with Phoenix today. So, Matt, how excited are you for this Wizards start to the season? A big eight games that we're going to be able to see them. God only knows what they're going to do. No, I know what they're going to do. <laughs> Their best case scenario is like two and six. Like that is absolute probably best case scenario. And I don't care. I'm fucking juiced. Like just <laughs> yeah. whatever. I, I, I'm so excited to just watch Mo Wagner try to take a charge on no one and just flop all over the place like a freshly caught fish. Like I, I'm just <laughs> all the move. terrible stuff that's synonymous with Wizards basketball. I'm hyped for awesome well I wish I could say the same but I'm still gonna watch and uh but you know we wanted to start off just a couple questions for you you are the Wizards insider guy you know you talk to Larry and so I, I wanted to start off if that's all right with you Noel yeah go for it so Scott Brooks is supposedly the guy who develops young players 
that's his thing, you know. I guess it's kind of easy when you have Durant, Westbrook, and Harden to kind of hang your hat on. <laughs> Any of the three of us could develop that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think my three-year-old son could develop them. But of course, you haven't seen these guys get really better from my perspective. I, I, maybe Bonga a little bit. He's he's shown some signs, but and obviously Beal doesn't count. He kind of falls under that, uh, I guess, superstar category, so to speak. But really, I'm, I'm seeing guys regress, like Mo Wagner, Thomas Bryant. Am I totally wrong on this, or do you agree? It's it's a question about like what we mean with like certain terms. So like regress, I think skill wise, these guys actually are getting better. I think their skill development and like player development staff is actually really good. You know, uh, Otto Porter gets drafted. He literally can't shoot beyond 15 feet. Think what you want about Otto Porter and his terrible contract, but he had a year where he shot, you know, over 40% from three. And that's, those guys worked tirelessly with him to do that. So I, I think these guys, like their skills actually develop. It's how they put them to actual use and the role and the confidence to do it. And I, I went to a game and Mo Wagner had like 19 points and nine rebounds and everyone in the room was like, you know, Mo was the man tonight. And the first right. thing Scott Brooks does in the press conference is like, God, Mo is trash tonight. Did you see that rotation he missed on that one play? And it's like, that was his one comment on Wagner. So it's like, <laughs> it's like how I feel like with Noel, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, have, I do all these great things. You gotta be perfect, point. man. You gotta be I, perfect. Yeah, Noel's my Scott Brooks. Great. <laughs> you can't accept anything less than, yeah, than no. perfection, I guess. No, but I mean, I'm looking at guys like Schofield and Troy Brown. Troy Brown, to me, has not improved. I feel that there has been the consistent upside, and if there's going to be a moment in time where this is quasi-summer league-ish, these guys need to step up, especially with the primetime guys not being there. And I'm looking at the preseason games, and I'm watching, and Schofield's playing sparingly. Bobo made him look like Schofield was the worst draft pick ever made by the Wizards since Blotch. That was not great. So, And he's just playing so sparingly. He's just such a generic player. He's not great at anything. He's not horrible at anything. And Troy Brown just looks like a, a fish out of water in any position. They, to defend Brooks for just a second, I feel like he really has, to a certain extent, tried with Troy Brown. I, I think he's put him in different spots to succeed, brought him off the bench, and I, I don't think it's clicking. I really don't. There's that whole adage about, like, good coaches, you know, find players that fit their systems, but great coaches make, you know, the system work right. around the players they have. And I don't think they do that at all. Like, they need a 3 and D wing that, that starts next to Beal and Wall. Troy Brown's not that guy. He's not great defensively. He's kind of on the scrawny side, to be honest. And and he's not a great like corner three-point shooter or anywhere three-point shooter. So they're just shoehorning guys into roles. And, and you go back to Schofield, it was last year they had a couple practices where guys were like seconds away from going to blows with each other or coaching staff or GMs. And Admiral Schofield is a guy that will come in. He will work hard as shit. He's like really just like a good dude. Everybody likes him. And, and they drafted kind of too safe, I think, just to make sure, you know, the knock on guys like Blatch is he's supremely talented, but he's an asshole. So it's like they went too far the other way, in yeah. my opinion. Again, Schofield could end up being a good player in like three years. I saw somebody post the stat today that Tobias Harris shot like under 30% for the first six years of his career. And then like last year, he was over 40. So, I mean, guys get better. I think mostly when guys get better, it's in the off season. Can't really count the last three months as an off season. Half of them couldn't be in the gym. So I think next year is where you'll actually see like this year, just get them minutes, let them do crazy shit. 
get some experience, and then you see if they can improve their actual skill set. But do you feel that Scott Brooks is kind of just biding his time until next year? You talked about that he is not developing these young guys. For me, like a Schofield or those type of players, it's kind of a make-or-break situation. I feel that they're going to go veteran-heavy next year. They've given the opportunity to some of these younger guys, and I feel that they're going to plug and play with maybe getting a three. They're hoping that Wall comes back even at 80%. And the the most intriguing part for me is the Shabazz-ish battle at the point guard position. Who's going to be the backup for Wall? And I hope that it's Shabazz. I like both of the guys. I really do. But that is the only position that looks somewhat intriguing that could potentially contribute next year with someone off the bench. Beyond that, I don't know. Yeah, I said on our show the other day that if the Wizards are going to be good next year, Troy Brown can't be the starting small forward right. next season. And I don't even so mean that mean that so much as a knock on him. His role is as like a facilitator, a guy to push the ball in transition, to grab it and go. He's a reasonable rebounder for a wing, but he can't shoot it. Like so in these scrimmages, in the in the first one especially, he was like leading the break, waiting for guys to like sort of catch up to him throwing good looks to guys. And then you've got Schofield like clanging a ball off the side of the backboard. He should be setting up open shooters. And unfortunately in the bubble right now, other than Napier, they have no Oh man, and he's taken advantage of it too. I mean, he's been gunning in these three preseason games. It goes up as soon as he gets gets it. it. It's like a poor man's gill. You know, he's taking it from three-point range if he has a couple of feet. And I think he's trying to get paid. I don't blame him. You guys done yet? (laughs) Okay. Should I just leave? All right, so, I mean, no one's really expecting this team, for obvious reasons, to do anything. I'd like to see some actual player development. What do you really want to see through these eight games? Is there anything that stands out to you that would make this a successful, I guess, trip to the bubble, so to speak? You guys are probably going to hate this answer, but I don't think there's going to be much we're going to see from, like, a this guy got better at skill X. Mm. Like, they just they haven't had the time to work on those sort of skills in a vacuum and... The things that they're going to do in this bubble without Beal, Wall, Bertans, whatever, aren't the things that any of these guys are going to be asked to do next year, with the exception of maybe Hachimura and Bryant. So, you know, it'd be cool if you see all of a sudden Troy Brown's hitting pull-up threes, but they're not going to want that from him next year. Or uh, Shabazz is breaking guys down off the dribble, Allen Iverson style. Like, they, they don't want that for most of them. So the context is going to be so different next year that I, I don't know how much of anything we see will be translatable. Well, at the very least, I'd like to see something out of these guys to know that if Bertans comes back, obviously Beal and Waller coming back, that they've got something to come back to and the cupboard's not completely bare. Because at the beginning of the season, it really looked like, I mean, this team had some upside. Yeah. I was really excited. I, even though they were winning games or losing games, I should say 135 to 145 or whatever it was, there looked like there was talent there. Going towards the end of pre-COVID, they really started slowing down and, and it didn't look like guys, especially like Wagner, for instance, like keep going back to him, but after he got hurt, completely lost. Looked like he'd never played basketball before. And he was one of the guys I was really excited about. And Troy Brown, even, he looked like he had some upside. And now, and that happens in basketball. Everybody kind of goes back to the mean, you know, and you don't see a large enough sample size and you get excited about these guys and then they turn into Andre Blatch. I think the rookie wall sort of applies here for these guys, even though they're not all rookies. But 
it's a rookie year for a lot of people on the team. Troy Brown didn't play last year. It's obviously Hatchamore's real rookie year, but uh, even guys like Wagner, like or or Bonga, like this is the first year getting like real minutes for them. And I think at a certain point, it just sort of catches up to guys. And I, I think that's sort of where we were by March is just you can only sort of overachieve for so long, like you said, before, you know, you kind of average back out. But again, I think the thing with Wagner is a role issue. He's a Euro style pick and pop big. And he got really cute with the charges. Like everybody was, you know, he's Mr. Charge. And now instead of like defending people, he's like trying to chest bump them and then fall over. It just, it doesn't work. So like somebody has to set set the roles and responsibilities with these guys. And and I don't know how much that happens because I think Scott Brooks just looks to sort of be non-confrontational and I'm the player's coach and I'm never going to rock the boat. And then I'm going to sort of shit talk these lesser players in my press conference right. to motivate them. And that's the irony in it as well. Again, he's the guy who's supposed to develop these guys, but he leans so heavy on veteran players like Mahinmi, for instance. Like, why the fuck was he playing at all? We know his contract's ending. You have viable options ahead of him. Your team's not going anywhere. And now he's finally learned it, I guess, in the summer league or or whatever the hell this is. But um, I don't get this guy. I think Brooks is awful. I think he's got to go. And I think that this team's not going anywhere with him at coach because you see a guy like John Wall when he was healthy. They had no offense. Everything went around him, whatever he felt like doing. He held on the ball with three seconds left in the shot clock. and He takes a terrible shot. No one ever seemed to say anything to him about it. He has no control over his stars. And like you said, then he just trashes the low-hanging fruit that aren't going to say shit to him. It's a joke, and he needs to grow some balls or get the hell out. Well, I think another thing is, and that with a young team, you would assume that at the very least be hungry defensively. And they're not even doing that. An old, fat, lazy veteran, fine, you give him a little bit of leeway. He guns threes, he hits them, whatever the case may be. But a young guy, two, three years in the league, he should be scratching and clawing at every ball. And it's the same shit. There's no reason why guys that are 19, 20, 21, 22 years old should be giving up 138 points in a game. I don't care what level of play it is. These guys aren't being taught defensively even more than on the offensive end. To hell with that. At least they're scoring some points. But shit, defensively, I mean, there's no discipline. There's none. And that's really where I have the issue with it. I mean, Brooks has always been able to put offense on the court. He always has wherever he's been. But defensively, I mean, it's porous. And but every, everybody has offense in the NBA. No, That's no, I agree. It's not even a thing anymore. I mean, yeah, he had a top five offense with this squad, which is actually pretty impressive. But the fact that he's always harping on defense and he should be fired just alone for that. Every press conference, every single game, it's all about defense every single time. Well, who the fuck's the coach? Yeah, we've got to get better. We've got to get better. We've got to get better. You say the same shit. Right, right. Agreed. I, I had a moment of like absolute frustration with Beal this year, oh, too, God. because I, I watched a game where he let someone blow by him on like the three biggest plays of the game and then like did this fist pound in the locker room about like you know guys have got to step up defensively and i was just looking around like, really guys <laughs> guys is, what guys is, is anyone gonna call this out like I, I don't blame him you know what i mean if he was just like look this is a lost year we don't give a shit i'm not gonna risk you know getting elbowed in the ribs trying to d a guy up like i'd be like okay fine but just please don't run your mouth if you're not gonna even remotely attempt to back it up there's no way that brooks is back after next year i'll take all bets on that one and, and there just seems to be no leadership you can't be the guy that says why aren't we playing defense and you're the guy that lets guys blow by you nine times out of ten so you know Noel's a huge beal guy yeah, okay. you know because he he met him and he's very excited about that <laughs> yeah bro, bro. But, i got uh, Gid- giddy as a schoolgirl, man you know i actually met him too did i ever tell you that no yeah not like i did not like you no actually it was much more personal <laughs> Do you know him intimately? I mean, that was, that was pretty excited. 
<laughs> we'll get into that. But no, yeah, I, I met him and Ubre after the game. My wife, Kristen, and I happened to be in the same movie theater. We were watching, what's that movie called? The the Rocky one. Um, Creed? Creed. Creed, thank you. Yeah, and Ubre and him were there, and Ubre was such a dick. <laughs> was he wearing short shorts? He was wearing like a tuxedo. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, some weird ass shit. But um but Beale was very cordial and Ubre was a nightmare. He didn't even look up, you know, Big nineteen shot. year old dickhead. Just, he's a star man. He probably has sunglasses on. Probably. Can, can I throw one more thing in there oh, real quick absolutely. before we move on from the defense thing? Rip Hamilton talked on some other podcast at some point this year, I forget which one he was on, about how he was awful defensively in Washington and, and there's a whole book about, you know, when nothing else matters about the Jordan years here in DC and it just shits on how bad Hamilton is and he didn't try. And he said the minute he got to Detroit, it just sort of clicked for him what defense was because there were four other guys that when he didn't defend someone, they like ripped him to shreds. Yeah. And he was like, the coaches don't matter. It's if your teammates hold you personally accountable. So I was scrawny, but I would literally scratch claw tooth and nail. And Larry was like, yeah, that guy literally wouldn't cut his fingernails for like weeks at a time and would scratch the shit out of you. Mm. But he was willing to do that. That was the sort of way they set things up in Detroit. That doesn't happen yeah. here. There's no there's no culture of that. And to your point, I mean, even with the veterans, when Gortat and Wall were at each other's throat off of leaving Gortat high and dry on a pick and roll or whatever it is, who was stepping up and saying, and this was happening on a regular basis to the point that, hell, they looked like they were boys at the beginning. And then all of a sudden their relationship mm-hmm. deteriorated. I mean, where's the coaching in this? Where's to say, hey, look. You're responsible on this play. You need to get better. You need to shift over. Whatever it is, it just seemed like it was happening. Isaiah Thomas ate them alive, for example, in that series just on that play alone. And for seven games, I mean, nobody said anything to these guys to say, hey, look, I don't give a shit who was doing what. Something's need to be fixed here. And um, it never happened. I mean, even with the veteran guys, let alone with these rookies that are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, could trip over their own two feet. Doesn't have to be your star gunner. Doesn't have to be a lockdown defender. But he's got to at least like passively give a shit. And and you have to have some other veteran guy do the same thing. In that series, the coaching was horrible on offense as well because, I mean, they could have easily exploited Isaiah Thomas in that series, but they Mm -hmm. didn't. They tried it like one game where Wall was was posting him up. It's like, this guy's three feet fucking tall. For the love of God, exploit this guy. They never did. And they tried it like in game three or four or something, and it was like, oh my God, it finally happened. And then they forgot about it again. Whatever. I'm just, get this guy out of town. Seems like a nice guy, but I don't. Perfectly nice. (laughs) Perfectly (laughs) nice. Nice doesn't pay the bills, unfortunately. Right. That's right. One last question before we get to the top five. What is your NBA Finals prediction? And second part of that, who's going to win the whole thing? Because this is a weird year, obviously, with the bubble and guys sitting out and no crowds, any of that shit. So what do you think? Uh, I think the most realistic answer is probably the really boring one of uh, of Lakers Bucks. But, you know, maybe the Clippers get in there. I just don't like like Montrez Harrell going to show up. Is Lou Williams not going to get like a lap dance? Like it's just <laughs> Sweet Lou. Can any of them stay healthy? You know, I don't know how much I trust a team that's banking on Marcus Morris to play like meaningful minutes down the stretch. So I, I would go Lakers is just if you got two of the five best players in the league I think that gives you a reasonable chance to win a series on a neutral floor against anyone and the Bucks were just so good all year it's, it's really hard to take anyone else yeah. but you know I would go Lakers to be honest with you I'm on the same page with you there I mean I won't give my prediction Matt don't worry about it no I'm not gonna ask you I could care less <laughs> But I think that in this type of season that it is, home court advantage 
for these lower seeds is worthless. I mean, even for them to scratch and claw and maybe get a couple of games because it's always the hardest to win that fourth game, you know? Now they don't even have that as a factor, and upsets rarely happen in NBA playoffs anyway, where I think that, for me, maybe, yeah, like you said, the Clippers, I mean, a sleeper might be like Utah. I don't know, but beyond that... Austin could get weirdly hot, maybe. Yeah, but beyond that, I I kind of agree with you that I think it's going to be the boring picks of Lakers, Bucks. Hey, but one positive is my idea with having people in the LED board came to fruition. They must be listening to the pod. <laughs> Sunshine's on a dog's ass some days. Yeah, that's right. Adam Silver is a subscriber. <laughs> well, who is it? Of course he is. Damn right. All right. So moving on to what we've all been waiting for. It's another installment of a Top 5 Friday. What do you guys think? I'm so stoked to be involved, guys. This is I the know. one. I, I was literally made for this one. You requested this. Yeah, man. You know, so we're... Yeah, yeah. Let's see what you got. <laughs> see if I can come strong. <laughs> Today on our Top 5, we're going to keep with the Wizards theme. It's going to be our all-time most hated Wizards. So, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. So we don't have to go the whole explanation like we've done in the past about what exactly is a most hated Wizard. I think we all got this. Everyone should get this. Yeah. (laughs) Cut and dry. Hate their guts. That's it. And we're going to kind of explain why we do. So, all right, let's get started, shall we? Number five. I'm going to start with Ian. 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 Mahimi, right? Yeah. Jan, Jesus come Christ. on. Wow. I knew it. Okay. It's better. He doesn't deserve to be phonetically <laughs> correct or, or, you know. You're right about that, but I wish. I mean, he does speak like eight languages, so sure. maybe you could yeah, just. Yeah, but they're all so similar. I know, I, mean, I know. They're all like dialects, count. Swahili, this, that, yeah. and the other. <laughs> but Jan Mahimi. God, that was embarrassing. But this fucking guy signs a four-year, $64 million contract with the Wiz. Coming off a career year, mind you, with the Indiana Pacers, where he averaged 9-7. and seven. Not bad. Not bad at all. So the thing is, we all knew at the time this was a terrible signing. It wasn't like ever, anybody was excited about it. Instead of getting Al Horford, we get this loser. You know, really, it didn't make any sense at the time. Ernie signs this guy when you already have Gortat on the roster to be your key cog defensively or whatever the case. I don't even know what he was thinking. But instead, he sucks when he's healthy, sucks when he's hurt. It's almost better for him to be hurt at this point. And the one time when you need this guy to be unhealthy, he comes in this year, (laughs) the first part of the year. It feels like two seasons now, but you know what I mean. And steals valuable minutes from, you know, Thomas Bryant and the others to the point where Thomas Bryant has to play the four (laughs) because he was, he he couldn't get Mahimi off the court. I mean, he was that good. You got to let him to play in his next contract. What a terrible. Didn't make enough. Didn't make enough ripping people off. What a terrible signing. Quite possibly the worst ever of Ernie's illustrious career. I I have a really good analogy for this, if you guys will indulge me. But it's you're in college and you have a meal plan at the dining hall and it's the end of the month and you realize you have $150 you have to spend by tomorrow. So you just get like $74 worth of cookies that you'll never eat. (laughs) That's what Ernie did with Jan. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have this money. It's going to go away. I've got to spend it. I'll just give it to this idiot. And I don't even care if he's actually good or worth the money or can, like, projectably get any better. Right. I mean, that's a great analogy. I mean, but to somewhat defend Ernie in this one, a lot of teams were doing that. I mean, how sure. many shitty players that year got horrendous contracts mm-hmm. just because they had the money and they had to spend it? I mean, it was a fucking free for But we're talking about the hatred of Mahimi, not the idiocy of the Wizards. And for me, yes, I completely agree with you on the Mahimi thing. He showed no signs of improvement. His hands were still like bricks. 
because he was like 40 years old when yeah. they signed him. <laughs> I mean, it, he just, it, there was nothing. I mean, even defensively, he was, they put him up against, okay, well, they've got a seven foot larger dude, so he's a body. I mean, it, it just, it was baffling to me. Still sucked at the free throw line, got worse over time. It almost was a blatant look. I'm sitting here collecting money, fuck off. I got while the getting was good and hate me or don't hate me. And that's what bothered me. The idiocy of the signing fucked the Wizards for an extended period of time, not being able to train him, trade him, hamstrung by having him. But on his end, he just sucked all around. And it didn't seem like he gave a shit. Um, he may have inside, I don't know, but on the exterior, I saw nothing out of him over from game to game. When you're when you're patting somebody on the back because they what the, he had an all time career high of what twenty five or whatever he had, that's okay. an issue. I'm sorry, man, that's an issue, and that's why I hate the guy. Was he on your list though? Yes. Do you want me to s- give the suspense away, or we'll continue? <laughs> oh, hey, you know, whatever. Let's move on. So. You do you, Noel, yeah, as the yeah. kids say. Yeah. All right. So, Matt, what's your number five? Uh, so, for for most of my list, I, I took a slightly different approach. These were guys that I just hated to watch play. Like, I don't have – my top two guys I have, like, personal hatred for. <laughs> oh, I'm Cool. Um, Let's wait. get there. <laughs> this is just a guy that, like, he's probably, like, a really nice guy. I, I don't know. But um, in, like, 2015 to 2017, like, that was sort of the window for, like, the wall-led Wizards to be good. And what's the one skill you want surrounded by, you know, wall surrounded by? Shooting. Shooting. So they bring in Marcus Thornton. He comes in. He's sort of fat. Like, I I swear to God, I'm in better shape than he is. And I think I'm 40 pounds overweight. (laughs) And 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 I know for a fact I I could shoot, you know, 36 percent from three or whatever he did that year. Thirty four percent. The guy shot under 40 percent from the field when your three point percentage and your shooting percentage overall are almost the same. Stop shooting. You're yeah, fucking right. terrible. Yeah. No, I mean when you could bring when you bring a guy in like that and he 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 debuts with two points and really showed no signs of improvement since then. I mean, the only positive of the dude was he was in the trade for Bogdanovich. So that is a little I don't hate him as much because at least we got Bogdanovich out of the deal. So there you go. For a month or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But what, what's your number five, Noel? Uh my number five is I don't know. I might get a little bit of controversy on this one. Jawan Howard. Ooh. Jawan Howard. That's the reason I'm a Bullets fan. (laughs) I mean, never liked the dude at Michigan. Never liked, never embraced him with the Wizards. First off, I was always a Gugliotta guy. And I know that they wanted to bring that Fab Five thing in so bad. And I'm like, okay, he had had an all-star year, struck while the iron's hot, ops out of his contract. It was like an 80-year contract that he signed when he was a rookie. He gets out of it, and he holds. The, it wants to go to Miami so badly, and the NBA says, fuck off. They were doing some dirty shit on the cap. So he has to go back to the Wizards, and they have to bring him back with open arms and only give him $105 million for a guy that freaking play, had one season. He was a one-time All-Star, a one-time All-Star, third-team NBA in one season, had the season of his life. Yes, he had some productive years over the time, but... He was your average everyday power forward. And to pay this guy to be the first guy to make over $100 million during that time period, it just sticks in my cross so bad. And those teams were so bad. They were so bad. And they had such high hopes when they got Weber and when they brought in and Calbert, speaking of a bust. But they had those guys and 
they had such high hopes and it just never panned out and never liked the dude thought he was generic at everything that he did and um yeah he's on my list there you go well that's surprising but i always thought that he kind of looked like an erect penis when he was playing (laughs) like he didn't move (laughs) i i don't know what other way to (laughs) like i had to pull up his ass yeah like all right there you go (laughs) his spine was like made of of like metal or something he he just if if that makes any sense he just Uh, didn't his play was pretty flaccid though (laughs) yes exactly All right. Well, that's my contribution. To yeah. Howard. What do you think? Um, what do you think, Matt? Let's bring other Matt. Let's bring in some contribution here. For me, what I hate about Howard is just what he represents. And it's like you had all these good, young, talented bigs. And that's the one you decided to keep. Right. I just it, yeah, he was hard to watch. I mean, just I was yeah. hoping that Miami got him. I was hoping that that worked out. I was like, no, no, NBA, please let him go. no. But it didn't work out, and so, yep, that's my number five. Matt? All right, so my number four is Nick Young. Oof. I'd be surprised if he's not on anybody else's list, but I really hate guys that just think they're better than they are, and that's basically him in a nutshell. I mean, you know, he tried to be like Gilbert Light or something, like even down to the buzzer shot that he <laughs> turned around and missed, which is awesome. One of the greatest things. I've, he wasn't with the Wizards on that, but it was, you know, he tried to do the Gilbert turnaround buzzer shot. Gilbert actually obviously made his and he did not, which was phenomenal. But I just feel like that's kind of just like a microcosm of Nick Young, you know. And I was thinking also, he's kind of like that movie uh, uh, Multiplicity. You guys ever seen that? Yes, with Michael okay. Keaton. Michael Keaton. Beast movie. I highly recommend it, Matt. Check it out. Okay. But um, and he's kind of like when Michael Keaton's clone made another clone. You know what I mean? And then he's just, something just wasn't quite right. <laughs> it's with just the, with that, yeah, Something was off. I mean, like, the way I've heard, the way he speaks, I mean, shit, yeah. he could be a third so clone. He's, he's I mean, I don't understand him. 90% of what comes out of this dude's mouth. Neither does he. Yeah. <laughs> be swaggy P. Yeah. So that's my number four. Matt, who's your number four? Uh, the, the last thing I want to throw in on Nick oh, Young, sorry, and, and the yeah. thing that really, really cements his place on this list is... He has said very recently that he really thinks being drafted by Washington is what derailed his career. Yeah. So he can go fuck himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was just a clown, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he was just an absolute clown. And about I was talking about with Mahinmi earlier about just Young just reeked not giving a shit. He reeked it. Even when he was fucking up and not playing well. And God help us if he had a decent game. I mean, it was just like he had just won the NBA Finals. He, he was just a clown, and I hated him. Good call, Matt. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. All right, Matt, what's your number four? That one was perfect. Um, <laughs> this is another guy. He's in a slight. He's the the 2.0 version of my last guy, but but Jody Meeks. He's oh. the last wizard to make me throw my phone at my television because <laughs> this fucking guy couldn't make anything. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was excited about him. So was everyone, and he was this knockdown shooter, and the guy showed up, also shot under 40% from the field, yep. under like around 34% from three, and I, I swear to God I never saw him make a shot the entire time he was here. Like I was yeah. at a lot of those games. Agreed. I watched every one. I don't remember one going in, so I'm calling bullshit on the stats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him in the offseason from carryover. I don't know if he got into something. I, mean, I know he got into a suspension later on. I don't know what the hell happened to this guy, but he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. I know. And, and he I won fu- a ring last year, yeah, by the way. Right. He's a fucking NBA champion. <laughs> and I will never root for an NBA championship I know. team. <laughs> but 
I just feel like that is just yet another wizard. They're trying to find that backup two for Beal. Trying to find that backup two for Beal. How is it that hard? Just find one. I mean, this poor guy's having, he's going to end his career early because he has to play full minutes. They minutes. cannot find a fucking two for, to back up Beal. It's just baffling to me. Everybody that comes in shits the bet. I never thought I'd hear you utter the words, this poor guy, when talking about Beal. Yeah, no. Well, in that case, shit, man. It, it helps my team. You know, I, we need that depth. Panda needs some love. You wouldn't even know. This guy was the number one Beal hater. <laughs> Remember. of all and then and then he was cordial to his family and then all the all hey the man saying, you know that's important Beal. family love love on <laughs> blood principles <laughs> no who's your number four my number four is yet another controversial one paul pierce oh what a, hate, that's a terrible take hate <laughs> his guts i always hated him hated him at boston matt said not to go there so i won't but man, I never liked this dude. It reminds me of when the Redskins got McNabb. Hold on, don't go where? The stabbings? The stabbings. <laughs> I said I always said back oh, in the day, saying, I'll, I'll get graphic here. I was like, I wish he got stabbed a 14th time. <laughs> I hate Dick. this motherfucker, okay? I'm saying it. All right. First off, this is what bothers me about him with the Wiz. Never wanted him here, but he comes in and all of a sudden it's like, oh, the leader has arrived. He's going to set the locker room straight and wall and beal and they're going to kumbaya all over the place and he's going to teach them how to be a champ. First off, he basically bought a ring too because he's the one that started all this shit with the big three crap. Let's put the record straight. He played plenty of years and shit the bed. So Jordan destroyed basketball. Yes. And Paul Pierce took it to the next level and made the big three happen. Okay. He, he was the trail, but that was the first really big three that bought a championship. Would we agree? I don't disagree. I mean, so that's all I was saying about it. So Paul Pierce in that season averaged 12 points a game, 26 minutes. Looked like a fat fuck out there gunning up threes and hit a couple of shots in the playoffs. And all of a sudden, this guy's the savior of the team. This is what this is what Wall and Beal needed. They've this is what they needed in their lives. You know what Beal did in that series, by the way? He averaged 24 points a game. Okay, Wall averaged 18 points, 12 assists in that series. They're the ones that did well in the playoffs, not this asshole that came off of the bench and gunned to three. I call a game. That's Good for him. Know. There's my number four. Thank you. That's his contribution is I called game. Yeah. Matt, what do you think about that? You, uh, I'm not in agreement. I think that he I'll, – I'll say real quick, I think you're an idiot. I didn't like Paul Pierce much. You prior. hated Paul Pierce. Say I did it. hate him. I hate say him. It. I hated his guts. He, came, he came over for one season and, no, and, was, waved, I, and tipped his cap, and all of a sudden now you love the dude. No, no, I don't love him. I'm actually really pissed, that, I'm really pissed that he left. That and, Oh, that's another thing. How dare you? I know. That was bullshit. How was dare really, you? I think he was a positive influence on the two guys, on Beal and Wall. Was he? They, 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 hey, by the way, they came in 10th place the next season, by the way. Well, that... that there you go. Good influence. They, he, really, he really triggered something in their souls. No, they, he needed to be there okay. to help, you know, figure anyway. shit out. They needed that veteran leadership, and obviously, they didn't have it themselves. Mr. Moderno Beal's- looks like he's itching on this one, so go for it. <laughs> Beal, Beal came in and said, yeah, when Paul Pierce showed up, he was a dick, and... By the end of the season, he was still a dick, but we respected it because he'd earned the right to be a dick. I mean, that that's a little bit paraphrasing, but that's that's the takeaway. So this is a guy that, you know, he thinks he's better than like a Dwayne Wade. He You know, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He, he probably will be, but he's just better in his own mind than he yeah. actually was. And, and that kind of rubs me the wrong way. 
but but I do think they needed what he gave them that year. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the points is sort of less of a thing, but they played him a lot as like a small ball four, and he did kind of grind and bang. And I think that moved the needle more than a lot of these guys. Yeah, I, that's a great take, Matt. Thank you that we're on the same page. All right. Still a dick, though. Still a dick. All right, moving on. Number three, I'll go ahead and go first. Kelly Oubre. Talked a little bit about him before. The guy's just an idiot. He doesn't seem to give a shit. And another guy that, you know, he felt like it was his right when he played hard defense because nobody else would on the team that he could just do whatever he wanted on offense when you had guys significantly more talented than him. And I just didn't like his aloof personality, you know, and he dresses like an idiot. <laughs> That's another thing. Fashion but, icon. Fashion yeah. icon. Yeah, but the dressing, whatever. I, I just didn't like the way he played. And yeah, you're a big fish in a small pond when nobody else plays defense. Of course, you're going to look like the defensive star, but throw him on a, on a team that actually does play defense. He probably never see the court. So that's my number three. Yeah, I think he got, um, a, a, you know, sort of a little bit like glamorized after he left. Like he did some dumb shit here, but he played better in the playoffs. He was pretty young and we gave him up for absolutely nothing. He signed a reasonable deal in Phoenix. He's been a lot better there overall. And I think his exact skill set is exactly what this year's team could have used. Mm -hmm. So just he fills me with rage to watch him do well somewhere else. For me, he was always one step forward, two steps back. It always like, oh man, he's getting it. He's on the team. He's playing within the confines of the team. He's playing hard on defense. He's he's showing that emotion. And then all of a sudden it's just like he hit a joint during the last commercial and he just comes out and he's doing his you know, antics and jumping around and getting in the uh, the other player's face. And it's just all these little acting things that he used to do. Yeah. And I liked part of his game. I really did. I think when he put in effort defensively, I thought he was good. And I thought he really sparked the team sometimes just on the sheer defensive end. But Matt, you're right, Matt. I mean, the aloof thing, we talked about it before, kind of reminding me of like that Sua Cravens type idea. Yeah. Um, that it just, it rubbed me the wrong way as well. And he was so mopey. Oh, God. God. It wore, wore his emotion wrong. on his sleeve. It was just ridiculous. What a douche. Anyway. Yeah. All right, uh, Matt, who's your number three? Jordan Crawford. I have never disliked watching a player play basketball more than I disliked three seasons with the Wizards. Uh, they were terrible. He represented everything about them that was terrible. He was basically like an even worse version of Nick Young because like Nick Young actually did have talent. He was just an idiot. Yeah, but right. Crawford like thought, you know, that he was like a top two shooting guard in the league because that one time he dunked on LeBron in a workout and Nike had to throw the tape away. So LeBron wouldn't be embarrassed. Like that's sort of his lone claim to fame. Right. And he played like he was this LeBron killer, except he never made a fucking shot. He <laughs> shot under 30% from three under 40% from the field, but no one ever just said at a certain point, like stop shooting. Yeah. And he was like a volume shooter, but you know, not a volume maker, not a volume maker. Yeah. I, I mean, he was one of those where, because they had such little on the team at the time, they're like, Go do what you got to do. I mean, he had that triple-double once. He was out there just running around like a chicken with his head cut off, gunning up anything that he wanted to. And the moment that they start getting pieces and they say, hey, look, man, we'd really like you to come off the bench or create a new role, this guy becomes a pouty bitch. And once out, um, I mean, we just got the wrong Crawford. Hell, we were trying to get Jamal every offseason before that, so I guess we figured the name might work, but enough. he was such an asshole. I mean, when he left, he was bitching about the Wizards and about Wizards who. He doesn't even remember playing there. I mean, this the guy. You, you had Car Blanche to do whatever you wanted out on the court, and the moment somebody wanted to pull the reins back on, you started to bitch. So, 
yeah, I, I I think that's a good call as well. What's your number three, Noel? My number three actually was Mahin Me. So oh. I think we've we've covered that one. Um, and yeah, I think that's he got enough of our time and money at this point. Yes, on so many levels. Yep. All right. Well, uh, my number two. Getting to the good ones here. Javaris Crittenton. Oof. Yeah. Ooh. This is the man. For the for many who don't know, that derailed Gilbert Arenas' career. Other than that piece of shit, Gerald Wallace, and I'll never forgive that scumbag either. I know he meant to do that, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> there's Gilbert, a bounty on him. Gilbert is uh, known now. It's like a stamp on him, the locker room gun guy. Or bang whatever, bang. But- yeah. You know, in reality, he was just having fun. I heard him on Buck and Phil's podcast and he was just, in his own crazy mind. It was more like a fun thing. It was like shooting a thousand three pointers at three o'clock in the morning, like his normal thing. He just didn't think anything was wrong with it. He was doing it in fun, uh, which is no excuse to bring fucking pistols in a, in a locker room. But regardless, you know, this guy, Crittenton, he was barely in the rotation. And but he was a silver bullet who broke up Arenas, Jameson and Butler. And that's the team we all love so much. You know, I, I have such joy thinking of that team, you know, looking back and, you know, now the scumbags in prison for the next 24 years because he accidentally shot a mother of four. But, you know, I guess the asshole has a tendency to ruin teams of five. Jeez. <laughs> Barely, that's his, that's his thing. Nice. nice. <laughs> Too nice. soon. Holy uh-huh. shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I don't think anybody really needs to say much about that, but, you know, uh, yeah, fuck him. He was he was a wannabe gangster, mm-hmm. and, and just the important part there is that, not that he mistakenly shot that woman, that's terrible, but the mistake wasn't that he shot her, it's that he shot the wrong person. Like, yeah. he was actually there to commit a murder. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just happened to fire into a crowd and <laughs> hit the wrong person. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What an idiot. God. Gangsta. Yeah. So, Matt, who's your number two? Uh, Dwight Howard. I have never disliked a professional athlete more, and he's one of the few <laughs> that I have actual hatred for just as a person. I dislike everything <laughs> that he stands for, whether it's it's the Superman gimmick, it's, you know, this, like, wannabe baby shack thing. And just like sniping at him and every teammate hates him because he is an actual clown. Like he is the human personification of a clown emoji. <laughs> I just I, I I can't watch him and not be filled with rage. And the fact that he came here on a terrible team, like it's the least team friendly deal of all time, because it basically said the only way he resigns is if he sucks and he needs a safety blanket. Right. So so that alone makes me hate you. And the fact that he is now a reasonably productive member of the Lakers and we could use that skill set makes me hate him even more. Well, I mean, he was Great. in the Wizards defense, he was reasonably productive the year before. Sure. Okay, he he kind of had a rebound season with the Hornets. And I'll be honest, I never minded him. I like that kind so of get- excited when they signed him. I was, especially after watching him with the Hornets. I was like, okay, he's not going to be who he was with Orlando. He never will be again. But if he can block a couple shots, grab 13 boards, what the hell else we need? And yes, his antics got away, got out of control. I never hated the guy. I, I like a guy that grabs a lot of rebounds and is willing to put himself out there defensively as a big man. I always liked that. I always respected that part. And, and that's why Rodman's one of my favorite players. Yeah, um, but he, he wasn't a guy that was willing to put himself out defensively. He was just fucking huge and, and, had, uh, and was athletic. You don't that, win defensive player of the year and not put yourself out there defensively. I'm sorry. Th- these guys aren't idiots. 
that vote for these things that say, look, they, they know Dwight Howard's antics and they were willing to put him out there as defensive player of the year. I will respect that part of his game. Okay. They didn't give it to him as a charity case. You're always such a defender of this guy. It's unbelievable. He set offensive basketball back like 30 years. <laughs> oh, <ago>. no, <laughs> I, I, not denying that at all. I just like guys that grab boards and I sure. like guys. I, I always have. You it, guys have the same shot. So. And we do have the same shot, <laughs> except I can grab boards with the best of them, man. <laughs> Uh, who's your number two, Noel? Uh, my number two is was actually the clown, uh, Nick Young. Oh, hey, look yes, at that. Nick Young. So right. yes, we're uh, we're past we're that. Mo- the poor man, the you're not Gilbert, the you're not Gilbert, Nick Young. So we're moving on to number one. You guys excited? All right. So uh, my number one is your team captain, Andre Blatch. So <laughs> what a fucking loser. I mean. <laughs> God, I hate this fucking guy. I, and I really had high hopes for him. He kind of reminded did me. Did you? Of, I did. Wow. It, I, we had this discussion. We were like, wow, this guy actually has a little game. He kind of reminded me like a poor man's Garnett in a way, you know? Something. He had, he had somewhat of the same skill set. He had the tools, I feel like. He had all the tools. He was just a fucking head case. You know, it signed him to a five-year, $35 million deal, which honestly, with his upside at the time, didn't look that bad. And then, you know he became Andre Blatch after that. When you expect a guy like that to lead the team, when John Wall's just starting out and everything, he's completely out of place. It's not all necessarily his fault. He should have never been put in that situation to be the team captain and, and you know, be the leader of the team because the guy's an idiot. So, you know, they amnestied his contract, thank God, but we've seen worse since, I guess. The guy averaged almost 17 points a game. I mean, again, Granted, on a shitty team, but a lot of people, Noel, you'd probably average, you know, 10 on a shitty team that had no Thanks. chance. Thanks. So, Thank you. Yeah. He was a clown and I couldn't stand him. Blatch is a guy that I think everybody has that one pro athlete that even after their career is long over, they still haven't given up on. I'm still convinced that at some point Blatch will turn into a, like an all-star caliber power forward. In Just, China? Yeah. <laughs> in the Philippines, <laughs> I think is where he is now. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I was a sucker for this guy. I'm like the lone person that, that liked him, I think. But I, all the bullshit, it just, I thought it was funny. You know, we were so bad anyway. It was at least like mildly entertaining to see him get arrested and like soliciting and just all the dumb shit he did. Yeah, for me, it's so far gone at this point. I'm indifferent to him, which is probably even worse than hatred. That was just a disaster from the from the moment go. And I've kind of moved past the Andre Blotch thing. That was low-hanging fruit, Matt. Was it? <laughs> all right. Sorry to disappoint you. That's all right. All right, Matt, who's your number one? This one I feel bad about because, you know, the embodiment of like deer in a headlights, but... Isuf Sanan. Who? Uh, yeah, exactly. He's from like Kazakhstan or some shit. It's it was our second round pick from like two or three years ago, and it just it embodies everything I hated about the Grunfeld era. Like I, I did a list on our pod the other day about all the second round picks of the last you know twenty years, and there were like four of them from the Wizards that turned into like marginal NBA players. So he was just he was that for me. And and last year I went to summer league. It was like the coolest trip I've ever been on. I get ready to watch a team. I'm grabbing a beer. I got my feet up. I'm so excited. And the first three possessions, it's like he, it looked like you gave one of the ushers a basketball who had never seen the sport before. <laughs> and it just, it ruined like a perfectly good night for me. Yeah. So I hate he he ruined that. everything for you. I, I can't add anything to that. Cause I don't even know who the fuck he is. I know he's, but... he had bu- does, does he still have bushy hair? Is yeah, he, he has any hair at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I that, that, man, that pick was so moderno. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
That's meta. That's a meta pick. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Dolt. Um, Who's your number one? All right. Uh, the suspense. MJ. MJ. What a dipshit. I knew you'd, do, you'd go that route. <laughs> Michael Jordan, man. We did a whole show on me ranting about how much I hate him. You think I'm not going to pick him number one? But you admitted that he played okay with the Wizards. I, it doesn't matter what he put up. I can still hate the dude. All right. He put the Wizards back during that time period. I don't care what anybody says regardless. That was a patchwork. That was for the cameras. He was there for a short period of time and was planning on becoming an owner of a basketball team. That's all that was. He was putting a brand out there. And if anybody he still thinks it's, his ass. he better, he's about to own a basketball team. I mean, if he's not motivated for that pe- purpose, then what the hell can he be motivated for? He went in there. Hamilton hated his guts. Stackhouse hated his guts. The only two decent players that we had at that point hated his fucking guts. Those were going to be potential futures of the franchise that we could have really utilized. And they destroyed that guy. Shit. Even the Kwame situation. I've talked about that. I think he really retarded his growth and didn't help this guy come along. I'm not saying he would have been good, but he didn't just do it on the basketball court. I think he did it in the locker room. These guys didn't like him, and he brought a really negative atmosphere to that place. So, yes, he's my number one. I'd love to hear your take on this, Matt. I, I, I think I've probably mentioned this before, and I've, I've talked about it on ours, too, because it was a mind-blower for me. But there's this this book by Michael Leahy that worked for the Washington Post called When Nothing Else Matters. It's about those Jordan years. And, and if you can read that book and not hate Michael Jordan as a member of the Wizards organization, more power to you because it just it's everything you wanted from the last dance because it just destroys him. And it's like excerpts of things he said to Kwame. And it's like, no wonder that kid looks scared to even like step foot on the floor. He got called every four letter word. Right. He got degraded. I mean, this Don't kid mess with the goat. This yeah. kid was out of high school, for God's sakes. He's looking at the greatest basketball player ever to play the game, potentially. And he's telling him he's a freaking f- to his face in front of everybody. I mean, what are you trying to accomplish exactly? Well, fair enough, Noel. I can, Thank I can you. respect your decision. Thanks, Mr. Moderno. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> I'm, I w- he, he really was, backed you he's up still on the that. goat. He's still the goat. You know, you, you got to treat people like shit to be great. Yeah, man. Don't you know that? Bring them down to raise yourself up. I mean, See, that's what greatness is. That's what you do to me. Yeah. You, you break me down. Very little building up. Yeah. You know, I just have to fight through it. Good work, no. I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. As always, we're on all major podcast platforms. And please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook page. Please remember to check out Matt and Larry Hughes on their podcast, Believe in Wizards, every Thursday. Oh, and we actually have NFL salary cap expert Joel Corey on on Monday to talk a little Washington football team. (laughs) Whatever that is. Matt, you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, No, thanks for having me, guys. I think um, we're going to try for next week, if we can get the timing right, uh, to have Troy Brown on the show just to talk about life in the bubble and... uh, Ask him, you know, how his jump shot's coming along yeah. and, and what the food's like and all that good stuff. Hey, thanks yeah, for being on, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, thank you so much. It's always good to have you. Hopefully we'll do it again. And if you ever want, you know, two idiots on your show, but I don't Let's know. Let's do it. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks again, Matt, for being on. And um, hope you guys have a great weekend, and we'll see you Monday.